TII item 320, September 9th, 2014, iPhone 6, 6 Plus, Apple Pay, Apple Watch. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Harry's.com, where you can use promo code TII to save $5 off your first purchase. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. Made this song with my iPhone 4S using GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Well, thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Saul for sending in the artwork for today's show. Saul wrote, Hi, Rob. I used Fonto app to add the text to the image. Regards, Saul. Saul, thanks again for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Saul's artwork in the TI app in the extras, or actually bonus is what it's now called for episode 320. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, it has been years, considered a long time in tech, since Apple delivered a mind-blowing product that made a cultural dent. Some say harking back to the iPad in 2010 and the iPhone in 2007. John Schwartz, USA Today, 4th of October 2012. Uh, beyond the overall absurdity of that quote, what do you think about today, John? For promo codes on episode 319, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps Star Walk Kids and Homeless Life Simulator. We will be giving out those later this week. For more info on those apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 319. This week, we have promo codes for the app My Precious. Two words. Here is the review from the dev. Hello, Rob. Thank you for the opportunity to promote our app. I'm the developer for the My Precious app. My Precious is a tool that allows you to easily manage your physical precious metals portfolio. You can easily keep track of the changes in value of your junk change, such as dimes, quarters, and 50-cent pieces, as well as your bars and bullion, in both gold and silver, and now platinum and palladium. The My Precious app has live updates for the current prices of the precious metals, as well as a password feature that protects your data so no data will leave your iOS device for security reasons. My Precious allows you to make several entries into your portfolio, as well as change the currency if need be. Overall, this app is very user-friendly and makes portfolio management simple. The My Precious app is available on the iTunes App Store for download, and for more information about this app, go to MyPreciousApps.com. Thank you for your time, and I hope you enjoy this app. Love the podcast, Rob. Keep up the good work. Thanks to Dev for their review of their app, My Precious, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put precious in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or author. 
Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. First, thanks to Apple for making available the 9.9.2014 event live and streaming. It's nice for you to share the info at the same time to all, and not just the chosen few in the elite media. Well, that was what I actually wrote last night. Today, I would say thanks, Apple, for trying to share the info at the same time, as many of us, many, many of us, had lots of issues getting the stream to work. For the first 45 minutes or so, I also had someone talking in Chinese, I think, over the top of Apple's presenters. It made it very distracting and hard to understand what they were saying. Of course, that was just when I was not looking at the color bars, which I did a bunch of early on. Actually, for the first six minutes or so, all I saw were the color bars, and then they would come back every so often, right in the middle of something good. Let's get right into what was actually announced on the iPhone side which is exactly what Apple did. And here is a quick summary. As expected by pretty much everyone, there were two new iPhones announced. What was not expected was the names, or well, one of those names. And they are the iPhone 6, as expected, and the iPhone 6 Plus, not expected. Not the iPhone Air, not the iPhone Pro, and not the iPhone 6L, just 6 Plus. As expected, there are two new sizes, a 4.7-inch and a 5.5-inch iPhone. Obviously, the 6 Plus is the larger one. Then after the iPhones, Apple announced Apple Pay. And then Tim Cook did the one more thing. And that was to surprise of, I don't know, no one. Not a single person in the crowd was surprised or anybody that was actually able to watch live was surprised that Apple announced a smartwatch which is being called the Apple Watch, not iWatch. Now, for the record, if you are 56 minutes into a two-hour presentation, I don't think you can actually say one more thing. As well, it really was not one more thing. The true one more thing was at the end of the presentation, you know, about an hour and 56 minutes into the presentation when Apple announced they are giving away for free. Well, we'll get to that later in the summary. But for now, quick summary, iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, Apple Pay, and Apple Watch, and then the one more, one more thing. But before we get into the nuts and bolts, let's go over the bingo card. Per the items which were on there, they are, from the top, working our way to, through the card to the left, so top left corner, and sorry, I'm working our way to the right, top left corner, working our way to the right, uh, the 4.7 inch iPhone. The iPhone 4S is killed off. The iPhone power button moved to the side. The iPhone 4.7 inch available September 19th. And a 128 gigabyte version of the iPhone, which were right there, gave us a bingo, top row. Also on the card, the iPhone camera sticking out of the back of the iPhone. The A8 and M8 processors, a barometer, I guess we can put a check mark in for the 12 hours of 3G talk time, but actually the 6 is listed at 14 and the 6 Plus at 24, but more on that later. NFC was finally added to the iPhones. Yes, I had given up on that. Wi-Fi 802.11ac is finally added as well. The iWatch box is a check mark. It was not about the name, but the, the device, so give it a check mark. And that is our other bingo down the left side of the square. And finally, there is a 5.5-inch iPhone in the lower right-hand corner. That gets a check mark. 
there were a couple of items we don't know the answers to yet. Did not figure we would anyway, but uh, they are the 2 gigabytes of RAM and the 2 gigahertz clock speed. We may not learn about those until September 19th when I fix it, gets a hold of these devices, and pulls them apart. There were some items that were wrong in the rumor mill. One key one being wrong was the iPhone 5.5 not being available until late October at the earliest. Yeah, from the announcement, it will be available on September 19th alongside the iPhone 6. So the 6 and 6 Plus launched together September 19th. The Apple Watch available in December before the holidays was a big no as well. So wishful thinking on that uh, did not help. And it'll be early 2015 before the Apple Watch the names iPhone Air and iPhone 6L both were misses. And the items that were not announced and will likely be on next year's bingo card were reversible USB cable. Actually, that one will probably be on October's bingo card. The 13 megapixel camera. Nope, missed on that. More info on that shortly. 4K video recording and playback. Definitely on next year's bingo card. Shall those go? And the light up rear ro logo. Uh, maybe not on next year's card. And the one, without a doubt, that was missed and will be back on the next year's bingo card is Sapphire Glass for the screen. That's right. No Sapphire Glass for the iPhone 6 or 6 Plus. I will do a post with an update on the bingo card in the next few days. Now, let's get into some details on the specs and pricing and availability for each of the iPhones announced. As a shock to no one and expected by all and seen in the rumors and photos and videos for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus are 4.7 inch and 5.5 inch versions. And the power button is moved from the top to the right side. Colors are the same with, as with the 5S, gold, silver, and space gray. As I mentioned, the camera protrudes or sticks out the back of the iPhones and that is because the rest of the device is pretty thin. The 6 is 6.9 millimeters thick, and the 6 Plus is 7.1 millimeters thick. This versus 7.6 millimeters for the 5S. The length and width of the 6 is 5.4 inches by 2.64. The 6 Plus is 6.22 inches by 3.06 inches. The weight of the iPhone 6 Plus is 172 grams versus 129 grams for the 6 and 112 grams for the 5S. Storage finally changes. The three sizes are now 16 gig. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. 64 gig, and as I mentioned before, the 128 gig as the new top size. Really folks, don't do the 16 gig. Go for 128, you will be glad you did. For screens, Apple is calling the screens Retina HD. The screens are still LED backlit. More about that later in the show. The resolution of the 6 is 1334 by 750 pixels. That's 326 pixels per inch, which is the same resolution as the iPhone 5S. The 6 Plus has a resolution of 1920 by 1080 resolution for a true 1080p HD video. And the resolution is 401 pixels per inch. The contrast ratio for the 6 is 1400 to 1 versus 800 to 1 for the 5S. And the 6 Plus is 1300 to 1. And they added what they are calling dual domain pixels for wider viewing angles. 
for the 6 Plus. In landscape mode, you can now have the icons line up vertically on the right side uh, for your dock. And yes, the icons do rotate when you rotate the 6 Plus. There is also a, hey, my fingers are not that long one-handed mode, where if you double tap on the touch ID button, everything moves down to the lower half of the screen. Legacy apps work just fine on the new iPhones. No need to do anything special to the apps. They just fill the screen. On to the heart of the iPhones. The A8 chip was announced along with the M8 motion process or coprocessor. The A8 is built using the new 20 nanometer process as had been widely rumored. This means better battery life and smaller size, actually 13% smaller than the A7, but it is also 25% faster for CPU performance and up to 50% more energy efficient than the A7. As mentioned before, the talk time on the 6 and 6 Plus is much better than the 5S. With the 5S, it was 10 hours of 3G talk time, the 6 is 14 hours, and the 6 Plus is 24 hours, over double what you get with the 5S. Internet use for the 5S is 8 hours, for the 6, 10 hours, for the 6 Plus, 12 hours. Video playback for the 5S is 10 hours, for the 6, 11 hours, for the 6 Plus, 14 hours. Audio playback, the most important spec. 5S is equal to 40 hours, the 6 is equal to 50 hours, and the 6 Plus is equal to 80 hours. If battery life is your thing, then the 6 Plus is definitely the iPhone for you. On the sensor side, as expected, the 6 and the 6 Plus both gained a barometer. Now let's get into what you really use your phone for, and that is video recording and pictures. For video recording, the 5S supports 120 frames per second slow motion video. The 6 and 6 Plus support up to 240 frames per second slow-mo, and they showed a demo and it looked amazing. So there was a guy jumping rope and it was just simply amazing. Other new additions are up to 60 frames per second 1080p HD video recording. Did I mention you really want that 128 gig version? Yeah, that's one reason why. The, uh, also, they added in cinematic video stabilization and continuous autofocus for video. On the back camera, or as Apple calls it, the EyeSight camera, or as Android fanboys are going to call it, blood in the water, because this is something the Android boys will be beating up on and going after for the iPhone for the next 12 months. And that's because Apple went from 8 megapixels on the iPhone 4S to 8 megapixels on the 5 to 8 megapixels on the 5S. And now, you guessed it, they moved to 8 megapixels on the camera for the 6 and the 6 Plus. Yes, leaving the 13 megapixel camera on the bingo card for next year for obvious reasons. Again, expect lots of ads and attacks about the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus camera being only 8 megapixels. Forget that it's not all about megapixels. That's just a simple way for them to attack, and most people will not look too deep into it just this year. Oh, 15 or 13 megapixel camera versus 8 megapixel? I want more megapixels. That said, there is really not much difference between the 5S, the 6, and the 6 Plus cameras. The biggest difference is Apple added optical image stabilization in the 6 Plus camera. That adds physical image stabilization to go along with the digital stabilization. Apple claims there is also improved face detection 
And there is autofocus with focus pixels that they claim improves pictures, especially in low light. We shall see once it's released. But overall, I think the camera updates, we maybe, oh, I think it's one area where Apple could have and should have done a little bit more. And it's one of those areas I think we're going to see the iPhone attacked over the next 12 months, on and on and on. For the front-facing or FaceTime camera, Apple added burst mode, and, well, that's it. Guess Apple wanted to cut down on the number of naked selfies by celebrities by limiting what they added on that front-facing camera. Oops, did I say that out loud? On the wireless front, there were some additions to the 6 and 6 Plus, namely near-field communication, or NFC, has finally made it to the iPhone. And I really thought NFC was never going to make it to the iPhone. I thought Apple didn't like it. But that said, NFC is now a big piece of Apple Pay. So now it is not just added, but going forward, a key cog in the machinery. Apple also updated Wi-Fi to 802.11ac, and they, of course, are still supporting 802.11a, b, g, and n. And LTE was improved again, with a boatload of different LTE bands uh, supporting over 200 carriers around the world. One version of the iPhone supports 16 different bands. Another version supports 20 LTE bands. Interesting, in the U.S., there are two versions. One for Sprint, Seaspire, and U.S. Cellular. And the second version for AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, Cricket, and AIO. Plus also all of the Canadian carriers. So if you are looking for a version in the U.S. or Canada, if you have to be in the U.S. and you're looking for one in Canada, and you want to be able to move from one carrier to another, get the Verizon version, which does support GSM and CDMA. One other new feature added to the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus is Voice over LTE, where supported by the carrier. Per availability, that will be 8 a.m. local time at your Apple Store on September 19th, as expected for the iPhone 6 and also for the 6 Plus, which, as mentioned earlier, was not expected. For the iPhone 6, subsidized pricing, not surprisingly, starting at $199, then $299, $399 for the 16, 64, and 128 gig versions, respectively. So same pricing as the old iPhone 5S for the as you moved up in tiers. For the 6 Plus, just add $100 for each storage level. And if you go with T-Mobile, there is no subsidizing of the price, and the base price for the iPhone 6 is $649, and it's $749 for the 6 Plus. Again, add $100 as you go up in storage levels. So the 128 gig 6 Plus unsubsidized is $949. Pre-orders are going to start on September 12th. So am I going to order a 6 Plus on the 12th or on the 19th? Well, there is one item that was missing for me that pretty much put the kibosh on getting the new iPhone. And that is the missing Sapphire front glass. Well, that and the fact that I'm not eligible for a full upgrade right now. My recommendation is this. If you have the iPhone 5 or earlier, definitely upgrade if you can, if you have the money. If you have the iPhone 5S and you really were hoping for a larger screen and you travel and battery life is a huge issue, then definitely upgrade and go with the 6 Plus. But if you get along fine with your 5S and your battery life is fine 95 or more percent of the time, then I just cannot justify recommending anybody upgrade to the 6 or the 6S at this time. 
I do, however, think we know that next year's models will be called the 6S and the 6S Plus, with S standing for Sapphire. But let's not get into what the iPhone 6S Plus will be. We've got 45 more episodes between now and the next one, so we can talk about it on future episodes. After the iPhones were announced, the next announcement was Apple Pay, Apple's new payment system. First off, this will not be out until sometime in October, and right now will require the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Eventually, when the Apple Watch is available, it will also work um, as well, and that will bring support to the iPhone 5S. I'm not going to get into a lot of the detail now because, well, it's about mobile payments, and some of you might be operating heavy machinery, and, well, it's not going to be available until October, so we have time to talk about it. But in a nutshell, Apple will use Touch ID and NFC in your iPhone 6 and 6 Plus to allow you to pay via credit card to a few places to start, like Subway or McDonald's, Disney World, Apple Stores, Macy's, Walgreens, Whole Foods, Petco, Toys R Us, and a few other stores to start. Eventually, if this works well, it will expand to other stores, but to start, it will seem like there's very few stores and probably not the ones that you wanted, like Target or Walmart or the local gas station and the local grocery store. Per the back end, you submit your credit card and they verify the information with your bank and then it's set up as a secure element in your phone. Then when you go to pay, it is not your credit card info that is given, but a special one-time payment code. So if your phone is stolen, your credit card info is not in it. But here is the part I really like. Apple does not know or collect what items you purchased. Unlike, say, some other don't-be-evil company, Apple is not interested in collecting data on you to sell or give to their advertisers. They just want to make it easier for you to pay for stuff and more secure. Again, to start, I think it will be frustrating for many looking to actually make payments and finding a place to make those payments, Uh, especially when it comes to brick-and-mortar world. But Apple did say Apple Pay will also extend to online shopping, and that is where Target.com will come into play, as well as Groupon, plus with the Starbucks app, and some others. Right now, this is for Visa, MasterCard, and Amex, with the following banks. Bank of America, Chase, Citi, Wells Fargo, and hey, what's in your iPhone? Capital One. Coming soon is Barclays, BNC, USAA, US Bank, and Navy Federal Credit Union. And I really have said way more than I planned on this, More info on this in October as it gets ready to roll out. And that leads us to the one more thing, which really, 56 minutes into two-hour presentation, that just does not seem like one more thing. But whatever, dead horse I have beaten. And this first one more thing is the Apple Watch. Actually, there are three. There's the Apple Watch, the Apple Watch Sport, and Apple Watch Edition. Let's get right into pricing and availability, the two things most disappointing. Pricing starts at $349 and most likely goes up very quickly from there. Availability is sometime in early 2015. One other thing that could be an issue is the Apple Watch is all right. Every picture, every frame of every video showed one thing. The Apple Watch was on the left wrist of everyone. Not one single picture or frame of video is ha- shows it anywhere close to someone's right wrist. Hopefully, by early 2015, Apple will have addressed this clearly left-handed snub. And before you think I am going on a left-handed crusade, the way you interact with the Apple Watch is via 
touch and turn of a knob. So you have to, you can touch the screen, but there's a knob on the side that you turn and push. And that home knob, or whatever they call it, this is an important part of the UI. And that knob, if placed on the right wrist, would mean your left hand would have to be all the way across the screen. And when you're trying to use it, your hand's going to get in the way. And you're not going to be able to see what's going on. Not a good UI. So I hope Apple addresses this issue. Okay, per the Apple Watch, it is very pretty. Very, very, very pretty. It will give you access to lots of apps. And you definitely can do more with it than you can the Pebble. It is a companion device. It is Robin to your Batman. It is not a standalone device. You must have an iPhone to use it. And you need to have an iPhone 5 or later. And it does have NFC, so you could use your iPhone 5S and Touch ID and the Apple Watch for Apple Pay. Apple wants third-party apps to be developed for it, and by early 2015, we will have a lot more to say with regards to those third-party apps and the capabilities of the Apple Watch. Per the hardware, there is a MagSafe-type charging connector that does inductive charging. And there are sensors on the back of the iWatch that allow it to monitor your heart rate. The front face of the Apple Watch is Sapphire. For each of the main three versions, there's a subversion, a 38mm one and a 42mm case, a woman's and a men's version, basically. And all of them are really pretty. Did I say it was pretty? It's pretty. I look forward to getting one of the sport versions once they work out the whole right wrist issue. And yes, I did send an email to Tim Cook about that. No reply yet. Again, a lot more on the Apple Watch in future episodes. Oh, and the one more, one more thing is that Apple is giving away via iTunes U2's latest album for free. As in Zip, not a no cost to you. As long as you have an iTunes account, you can download the U2 album for free. And U2 did perform at the end of the Apple event. After their performance is when Apple did what I consider the real one more thing. And that was the announcement of the free U2 album. You have uh, to mid-October to download it. So if you are a U2 fan, oh, you probably already downloaded it. If you are kind of a U2 fan, you want to go ahead and download that app. It's free again until the middle of October. Hi Rob, it's David here from York in the UK. I'm just thinking about the iWatch and all the different variations that they've done with the different metal finishes, the different watch straps, then the two different sizes. They've not done a variation for left-handers. I'm just wondering whether the intention is that a left-hander would effectively wear it upside down so that the digital crown is on the left side of the device rather than the right side of the device and of course the button would be above it rather than beneath it. Or if Apple have intended it just to be worn as a right-hander would wear it and expect left-handers to wear it that way on the left hand and operate it with the right. What do you think? Well, David, thanks for that feedback. And yeah, that's my concern, as I mentioned earlier. And what I think is I'm hoping Tim Cook replies to my email or somebody else's email, who I'm sure other people are going to be emailing him. He will surely get bombarded by the uh, real lefty activists out there in the world. Oh, in my email, I said to him, do you really want to have this where it's not used by 10% of the population and 50% of the Beatles? One other announcement early in the presentation was that iOS 8 will go live on September 17th. But first, let me read this email. 
Rob, for the first time in over five years, the live stream was a bust. Started with SAP blended into North American feeds on the servers, then the CDN kept jittering while more server capacity was added. I came in and went out over a dozen times without touching the iPad. And then from my MacBook Air and the web page had been rolled back to cached content without the live feed link. What I did see was impressive in terms of technical advances. The major trade-offs for me is the cycloptic camera bumping out. Clearly not a problem for anyone using a case, but I think I can hear the bump screams and other side where Steve's genius spirit is loathing this aspect. I like the two wide landscape capabilities for things like mail and messaging, just like with my iPad mini. I guess I'll play with one before jumping, though. Looks like you got a lot of the bingo card covered, and thanks for keeping us up to date on all the iOS development. Cheers, Paul G. in Lawrenceville. P.S. If there was one more thing, I couldn't see or hear it, so I can't address it. Hope it was an Apple TV uplift. Well, Paul, sorry, no Apple TV mention except Tim Cook when he said that you can control Apple TV with your Apple Watch, which was nice and useful. Per the issue with the feed, and this is coming from Apple's new CDN and other CDNs, uh, you and I were not the only ones with issues. I bring this up as I just mentioned that iOS 8 will be going live on September 17th. Stay away from iOS 8 on September 17th. Do not, repeat, do not update on the 17th or the 18th or the 19th or the 20th. Wait until the 24th before you update to iOS 8. Please, please, please listen to me. If today's event is any indication of Apple's CDN prowess, you want nothing to do with that next update next week. Now, when you are ready to upgrade to iOS 8, remember my tried and true steps for upgrading to minimize your issues. First, force quit out of every open app. Second, back up your iOS device to your computer, then sync and then disconnect after the sync. Go to Settings, General, Reset, Reset Network Settings. Fourth, reconnect Wi-Fi after the reboot. Fifth, connect your computer. Do one more backup. Sixth, upgrade to iOS 8. Seventh, enjoy iOS 8. But again, I cannot say it enough. Do not try to upgrade on September 17th. Wait one week until the 24th. You will be glad you waited. Hi, Rob. This is Tammy, a.k.a. Angel Voice. And I am extremely frustrated. This was my first live Apple event. And I was so excited and just eagerly awaited the day for months. Tried to log on. (laughs) Got about, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 seconds, maybe a minute into the live feed, which was superseded by some kind of Chinese commentary uh, or translation, which was very distracting, could barely hear what was going on. And then the feed only lasted for like maybe a minute. And then I could not even get back on. I kept getting that stupid screen, you know, saying when the event was going to start. So I finally gave up and went to CNET and and, uh, was watching a live blog with a lot of useless commentary by the the people on screen. So I am extremely frustrated. I think... um, uh, somewhere, uh, Apple's kind of dropped the ball on this one. So I don't know um, how your other listeners feel. I saw some comments on the uh, on the community site on Google Plus, and it seems like people are pretty frustrated overall. So 
Um, I think from now on, I'm just going to wait and, and, and watch it later. Thanks. Love the show. Can't wait to hear uh, what you have to say later today. Bye-bye. Did I mention not to update iOS 8 on the 17th? Yeah, just checking. If you're with AT&T and you want to check to see if your phone is eligible for an upgrade, you can check by going to the phone and dialing star 639 pound. And then you hit the little green call button like you're making a phone call. The 639 stands for N-E-W when you look at the letters on those keys. Then you get a text in a few seconds, which, well, in the past was useful in telling you when you could upgrade on your current plan. But at least for me, it is no longer useful as it says I'm eligible to upgrade if I switch to the next plan, which is, in my opinion, not something I would ever do or recommend. So it does not look like it gives you the info on when you can upgrade on your current plan using the old method which, again, my old plan is the grandfathered unlimited plan, so that's the one I want to stick with. And it's on a two-year upgrade cycle, and I know that means about a year from now I can upgrade. Actually, I did find the place to check my current plan and not going to AT&T next, and that is uh, if it looks like if I were to go to the iPhone 6 Plus now at 128 gig, instead of it costing me $949, it would only cost me $749 which is still more than fully subsidized price of $499. But as I said earlier, I'm going to pass on this year's version and wait until the uh, 6S Plus comes out next year, and I'll get that one with the Sapphire screen. I want to thank our sponsor today, and that's harrys.com. If you go to harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use promo code T-I-I, you will save $5 on your first order. Here is a great story about my Harry's razor. As those of you that saw the artwork on episode 317, you know I shaved my head and have for many years, if you've known me. But I had something happen to me last month I've never had happen before. I was sitting at Applebee's in Des Moines, and the waiter asked me what razor I used to shave my head and how I got it so close on the shave. Now, mind you, This was after driving up there that afternoon from Kansas City. It was a full eight-plus hours since I had shaved, and that shave was done with a Harry's razor, which at that point was a little over a month old. That is how good a shave you get with Harry's razors. I absolutely love my Harry's razors razor blades. They have given me some great-looking and feeling shaves. And yes, on the bill, at the end of the night, I wrote down, harrys.com and promo code TII to save $5. So he actually got two tips from me that night. I u- No, I didn't. That wasn't my only tip. I did tip him regular. I used to use the most expensive blades out there, and I never had a question asked of me before about what blade I used. Folks, you don't need to waste your money on those other expensive blades where most of the price is really just to help subsidize all the marketing dollars I spend. Save money and get a better shave with Harry's with a better blade. With Harry's, your money goes to getting great blades at a fraction of the cost of those so-called high-end blades. I did a layer quote. You couldn't see it. The other great part about Harry's is that they get delivered right to your doorstep. No need to track down that person to unlock the display case so you can get the razors. Heck, no need to even go to the store. You just order online, get the razors delivered right to your door with free shipping, Starter kit that they sent to me is amazing. For $15, you get a razor, moisturizing shaving cream, three blades, all in a great package that screams, gift me, gift me. Are you listening, ladies? 
and Harry's is a company I am proud to have as a sponsor. Jeff, the co-founder of Harry's, also co-founded Warby Parker. That means you know you're getting the same great quality experience as you get with Warby Parker. And they also have a great social mission where 1% of sales and at least 1% of their time is donated to organizations to help people prep for personal professional success. With harrys.com, you get a shave that feels good from a company you can feel good about. Once again, go to harrys.com and you can save right now $5 off when you enter the code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and enter promo code T-I-I at checkout to save $5 on your first purchase. Start shaving better today, well, or at least when the new shave kit gets delivered to your doorstep. Hi, Rob. Steve from Long Island. Love the show, of course. Rob, maybe you could help me with something. I have a bit of confusion. I'm going to buy the new iPhone when it comes out, and I'm going to pay the retail price just because I've looked into the AT&T new plans, and none of them quite add up for me with the family plan that I have, I'd have to change the contract and that would end up costing more. So given the, uh, the fact that I'm buying the phone retail, what do you recommend as far as which version I should get? I'm on AT&T now. I've heard that the Sprint phones, maybe it's from you, because that's where I get most of my iPhone information, if not all of it. Uh, the Sprint phones are both compatible with uh, GSM and, um, sorry, the Verizon one. I'm spacing on it. What do you think I should get? I mean, should I just get the Verizon model in case I ever decide to sell it or some? I want to give it to a family member that wants to use a different network? Or am I better off getting the AT&T version since that's what I use and I'm not going to get into any compatibility issues? Anyway, of course, I'm going to end it here, but uh, would love your advice on the topic. Thanks, Rob. Thanks again for the show. Bye. Hi, Steve. The one you want to get is the Verizon one. You want to stay away from Sprint. Sprint does not work with T-Mobile or AT&T, but the Verizon one works with T-Mobile and AT&T and, of course, Verizon. So that's the one you want to get. The Verizon one, if you can get that one off-contract, unsubsidized price, then you're free to move around from carrier to carrier as you choose. Now, we'll say this. You may find it difficult to find a Verizon unsubsidized phone right away Initially, what they're going to want to do with limited stock is only give it to people or sell it to people that are willing to sign a two-year contract. So early on, you may find it difficult to find an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus for Verizon that's unlocked that is unsubsidized. Hi, Rob. On the bingo card, does iTime count the same as iWatch? Uh, regards, Michael. And that came in prior to the event, to which I answered, iWatch. Block was about the device, not the name. So any wearable watch, smart watch that adds sensors, uh, that, that's what that block was all about. In the past, I've been pretty good uh, with specs on new devices, uh, at least compared to most blogs. But on the name side, not so much. Look at my post about the iPad before it launched. Nailed pretty much most of the specs, even the weight, but missed on the name. Hi, Rob. And this email, by the way, came in prior to the launch. Hi, Rob. I seriously see no reason why the camera would protrude on the phone due to the fact that it is so much thicker than the iPod due to the phone parts, which would allow for the camera to mount flush to the outside of the phone uh, with lots of internal room. Regards, Ken B. Well, Ken, evidently not. They found a way to get some of those other parts shrunk down because, well, now they didn't have room for the full camera. Another prior to the launch email was... 
Hi, Rob. After listening to your podcast about the bingo card, I had to wonder if the dual phone launch and some of the other variables wouldn't make Apple tighten things up a bit and the options for new devices. My thinking is since they are upping the storage 128, that the three tiers would be 32, 64, and 128 gig on the two new devices, while 8 and 16 and 16, 32 on the remaining 5S and 5C entry devices. Of course, they would sell existing inventory of the larger sizes, but it would limit the production run for additional entry-level phones. Just my thoughts. Thanks again. Love the show. Regards, Peter. Well, Peter, you're close, but it's 16, 64, and 128, but you're right. It is just three options. Hi, Rob. Was disappointed at the new curved glass screens. This is a post-event email. Hi, Rob. Was disappointed at the new curved glass screens. It may look nice, but the screen protectors won't be able to completely cover the iPhone 6 or 6 Plus screen and may stuck, get stuck at the edges. I think Apple is creating future demand for the Sapphire screen here. Regards, Paul. P.S. Apple Watch looks nice, though. Hi, Rob. Per the Apple event, mind blown iPhone 6 is pretty amazing. I like the middle step with the 64 gig now, though I really haven't used all of my 32 gig on my 5S. Apple Watch capabilities blow everything else out of the water, literally. Design seems clunky, but I have to see, feel it to know if I want to buy one. I certainly lust for one now. Overall, an amazing event, though my streaming for the first 45 minutes kept crashing and audio was squirrely. Looking forward to other listeners' feedback. Let's see if Wall Street likes it. I am guessing they won't lust for this one. Regards, Tom. Hi, Tom, per the street. Nope, they did not like it, but they did not hate it either. During the day, the price moved up to a high of 103.08 right when the event ended. And then it went dropped from that point down to a low of $96.14. And then at the day, it ended down a total of $0.37. Cents at a price of $97.99. So it went from $103 to $96.14 and then back up to $97.99. Hi, Rob. Today's announcement surprised me. I would never expected to see Apple announce a watch. I always saw it as un-Apple-like selling devices that need another device to take advantage of its features. The price point is a little high, but I'm sure that won't stop them from selling millions of them. Uh, it is also surprised to me that Apple dropped 32 gig and went 16, 64, and 128. That also seems very un-Apple-like because of the high price points for each storage tier. I had no doubts that Apple would keep the 16 gig as the base storage. Regards, Ben K. Well, thank you, Ben, for that feedback. Hi, Rob. It's David here from York in the UK. I've just watched the keynote, and of course, it's really exciting. Um, the iWatch, of course, being the star of the show, and... Uh, that looks amazing. Can't wait to see what uh, that's like eventually. But the other thing that I've got to say I felt a little bit disappointed with was the Apple Pay. Not because of what they've done. It looks amazing. But just at the end where they said, US only, and we're working really hard to bring it to the rest of the world. Where have we heard that before? iRadio. We're still waiting for that. I can't help thinking we've got a long wait. But I hope I'm proved wrong. Can't wait to hear the next show. Keep up the great work, Rob. Thanks. David, thanks for your feedback. Now, I think iRadio's issues have everything to do with the record industry and the different rights uh, issues that go from country to country to country. Yes, there's financial issues from country to country to country, but I don't think they're as convoluted and messed up as it is for the record industry or the music industry. 
So I think you'll actually see Apple Pay before you actually see iTunes Radio in all the countries around the world, or most of the countries around the world. Harab, I haven't been this excited since the launch of the original iPhone. This launch really gave me everything I've wanted and more. Personally, I'll be getting the iPhone 628 in gold for my fiance and uh, iPhone 6 Plus 128 gold for myself. Thank God for the Apple Watch uh, that it won't come out until next year. This will give my wallet some relief over Christmas. I will be giving a promise note to my fiance for an Apple Watch 38 millimeter version and I'll get the Sport Edition for myself. I'm glad that I held off buying the Pebble. What a great day for us Apple fanboys and fangirls. You're going to have lots to talk about. Enjoy the moment. Hope uh, you are listening to the f- new free U2 album. It's pretty good. Regards, Tony L. San Fran. Tony, thanks for the feedback. Hi, Rob. I was disappointed not to see anything on Apple TV. Did I miss it? My streaming kept stalling. Apple Watch looks awesome, but big mistake to miss the Christmas selling season. And the price point is ridiculous. Just my opinion. Lori B. Frisco, Texas. Lori, agree with you on the Apple Watch feedback. Pricing seems a bit high and strange on missing the holiday season. Clearly, it was the device just wasn't ready for prime time. And I'm glad that Apple actually didn't force it out early, uh, but would have liked to have seen it this year for the holiday season, especially since I'm not getting an iPhone and I could have used the money I was thinking I was going to spend on an iPhone on the Apple Watch. Per Apple TV, I did not think it would be in this event. I uh, hoped it would, but likely it will be in the October event, uh, or at least I'm hoping it'll be in the October event. We shall see. And I just want to put this out there, a caveat to everybody. I'm going to mess up and call it the iWatch a couple times, and people are going to call in here and call it the iWatch. Give us all a break. If you don't, you know, for those of you that listen to the show and never call in, and someone calls in and says iWatch by mistake, give them a break, because I know I'm going to mess up. Hi, Rob. This is Tony P. in San Francisco. Uh, just calling in with my reactions to uh, the, phone, the watch that came out. And it is incredibly beautiful in the pictures. was blown away. Uh, I was upset about the, the lack of live uh, uh, streaming. So this call to say that. Bye. I want to switch back to some news from last week, and uh, here's some more info on iCloud and Naked Celebrity PictureGate thing. According to Apple, they plan to add additional steps to keep hackers out of users' accounts. Tim Cook said, quote, Celebrities' iCloud accounts were compromised when hackers correctly answered security questions to obtain their passwords or when they were victimized by a phishing scam to obtain user IDs and passwords. Apple will alert users via email and push notifications when someone tries to change an account password, restore iCloud data uh, to a new device, or when a device logs into an account for the first time, unquote. He also talked about the issue being more human than technological. Quote, when I step back from this terrible scenario that happened and say, what more could we have done, I think, about the awareness piece. I think we have a responsibility to ratchet that up. That's not really an engineering thing, unquote. Apple said it will expand the use of two-factor authentication and and that currently a majority of users do not use two-factor authentication. So Apple will be more aggressive in, quote, encouraging, unquote, people to turn it on in iOS 8. In the article from the Wall Street Journal, they also talked to Ashka Sultani, a security expert who said the following, quote, there's a well 
understood tension between usability and security. More often than not, Apple chooses to err on the side of usability to make it easier for the user that gets locked out of their kids' baby photos than to employ strong protection for the high-risk individuals, unquote. Now, here are my thoughts on this. Because some, hey, look at me, I'm a celebrity, decided that posting pictures of their JJ to their iCloud account was a fun thing to do with no common sense or reality that, hey, naked pictures of my private bits are probably not something I want to put up on the cloud, any cloud, we, as regular users, who do not post private pictures of our nasty bits, must now say goodbye to easy-to-remember passwords and easy-to-restore passwords, and now must basically give DNA to prove our accounts are our accounts when we forget those impossible-to-remember passwords that we need to switch to. Remember when you used to be able to just put in your first dog's name as a password and you were golden with iTunes? Now, unless your first dog's name happened to have been capital B, lowercase u, lowercase t, lowercase t, zero, lowercase n, dollar sign, dollar sign, well, you were kind of capital S, capital O, capital L. Thanks, Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Upton, and Kirsten Dunst for trying to see how good the true tone flash really was uploading pictures of your nether regions, and picking easy-to-crack security questions. I'm half-tempted to go and look at your photos just to say, if you ever decide to do a podcast and I have to work with you, you know, I can go, hey, I saw the pics. I've seen better. Also, love how Kirsten Dunst took a swipe at iCloud as well. Hey, Miss Dunst, if you don't want your naked pictures out there, as in no clothes-on photos to get out, probably best to, you know, not take the pics to start with point is, the first step to having naked photos or videos leaked is, well, the taking of said videos or pictures. After that, it's just a matter of when, not if, they get leaked. Just ask Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian, Rob Lowe, Sharon Stone, and Jessica Rabbit. Oh, come on. You went frame by frame on that laser disc for that last one. I know you did. Hey, Rob. It's Jim from Chicago. So, listening to the last episode, you provided a link for some article about, uh, you know, removing duplicate contacts. So it's a problem I've had uh, in the past, and I just kind of dealt with it and left them as is. But uh, I went ahead and checked out one of the apps called Smart Merge, and um, I didn't try the other ones out, but this one works beautifully. It's $1.99. There's a free version, but it'll only do 10 contacts, but just buy the $1.99 one. Once it goes through and finds all the duplicates, it lets you choose if there's any that are incorrect. Uh, in my case, none of them seem to be incorrect, so went ahead and did that. Then the best part about this app is that it'll take, say you have Yahoo contacts, okay, or Gmail contacts, for instance, and then your iCloud contacts. For me, to simplify things, I just wanted to use iCloud to manage my contacts. And so what it does is that it grabs the Yahoo contacts, and you can move them completely over to iCloud or simply copy them over to iCloud, whichever you choose. So I chose the move option, moved them over. Now I got one source of contacts, one default contact entry system. It's beautiful. Thanks for the recommendation, Rob. Love the show. Rob, Tim from Chicago. I, I did fail to mention a couple uh, important points about the app called Smart Merge. It does just that. It does the merge. So it doesn't remove the contacts. It does merge them. So if there's information in one and not in the other, you're not losing anything. It also does a backup prior to uh, doing any operations, which I thought was really smart. Um, and so those are two points that I wanted to make clear and uh, were pretty relevant. And then also it does some sorting options where it'll find similar emails, uh, same emails, uh, items with no phone numbers. So it's really functional. And the uh, the UI is beautiful, too. 
Thank you. Thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag. Hey, Rob, I have had a S4 for about one year now. And a month ago, it stopped working. I called Samsung and said because I, and they said because I removed the battery because I thought it might fix it, the warranty was voided. Foolishly, I bought an S5, and it was like buying a rusted car. The back panel fell off. Samsung wouldn't fix it. Battery life dropped. Not Samsung's responsibility, quote unquote, from them. And finally, I dropped it, and it chipped, uh, cracked. My wife had been telling me all these years, get an iPhone, but I never listened. I had been listening to your show sometimes because my wife does. I'm wondering if I should buy a 5S because I need a phone for work or wait for the 6. For all the people thinking about switching to the S5, don't do it. Thanks, James, Los Angeles, California. Well, James, clearly at this point, you want to wait until September 19th and you want to get the iPhone 6 or you want to get the iPhone 6 Plus. And uh, thanks for the warning on the S5. Hi, Rob. I have a question for you or the listeners. I have the problem where on my phone, on the home screen, I get the spinning busy icon to the right of the Wi-Fi LTE icon. I have an iPhone 5 running the latest OS. It just randomly shows up and I can't get it stopped unless I turn it off and back on on the phone. I've tried to kill all apps and I've tried just waiting Neither have worked. It does seem to drain the battery, but I can only let it go for a few hours before it drives me crazy. Have you or the listeners seen this before? Regards, Richard in Atlanta. Well, first thing, Richard, I'd ask you is, do you have the Facebook app installed? If you do, delete the Facebook app off of your iOS device and see if that clears up the problem. If anyone else out there has any suggestions for Richard, Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. There was one item in the rumor bingo card that got an X, and that was the reversible USB cables. Well, if you don't want to wait for Apple to eventually, possibly, release this reversible cable, you can go to Kickstarter, and okay, wait there as well, but at least pledge today. There's a project called Belay Cords, that's spelled B-E-L-A-Y-C-O-R-D-S, Belay Cords, and they are reversible USB charging cords. This one had a very respectable goal of $4,000 and has raised over $55,000 to date, probably well over that now since I haven't checked in 24 hours, and has until November 2nd at 3.09 p.m. Central Time to complete funding. Like I said, you'll be waiting a little bit. That said, they plan to start delivery in November. Yes, this November. So the month they finish funding, they will start delivering, which makes me wonder, are they really needing Kickstarter money to fund this, or are they just using it as a shopping cart? Pricing on this one is $30 for one cord, $55 for two cords. You can choose between Lightning, 30-pin, and micro USB cords. No, not all three with one cord, just one end for one cord. You pick the end when ordering. Search for Belay Cords at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 320 at todayinios.com or in the TII app. And note, it looks like this is only for charging, not for syncing. So this is a charging cord. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I just noticed on the Walhugers commercial, the girl with an Android phone says, no, I'm good. But I pause it at the moment and notice she only had 10% battery life. How's that good? Regards, Caesar. And he went and sent me a screenshot showing the 10% indicator. 
Yeah, not exactly what I would call I'm fine or I'm good. Well, but then again, you know, she is using an Android device. And as we all know, Android users use their devices a lot less than iOS device users do. So who knows? Maybe she was fine after all. What I thought was interesting in the screen shot was the popover window on the Android device with the title Ultra Power Saving Mode, and then under that, the 10% battery, were the recommendations for saving battery, like uh, restrict application usage to only essential apps and those selected by you, and turn off mobile data when the screen turns off. And, but most interesting was the suggestion change the color of the screen to grayscale. Hmm. So on Sammy phones, that saves battery. And looking into this, well, that's true because the S5 has an AMOLED display, which relies on its pixels to brighten the screen, unlike the iPhone that uses LCD displays and there is no savings by going to grayscale. Some had speculated that the iOS 8's ability to enable grayscale was an indication that an AMOLED display was coming to the iPhone 6, and, well, they were wrong. So if you happen to see any suggestions or tutorials out there about how to save battery life on the iPhone 6s or any iPhones running iOS 8, and one of the suggestions is going to grayscale, that is, well, snake oil. It doesn't help you at all to save battery life on the iPhones because, again, they're backlit, so it doesn't matter. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Every time I try to download an app on my iPhone 5C, it downloads the app for a second, and then the app disappears. What can I do to fix this? Regards, Zach. Well, Zach, I have no idea why it's doing that for you. Are your screens all full with apps? If your screens aren't full with apps, then it should be there somewhere. You may want to try downloading it on iTunes and then syncing it over and see if it works that way. Um, and, of course, do a full reboot on your device. Uh, if anyone else has had this issue uh, that Zach's had and has a solution, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. Thanks for what you do with the show. Please post a question to listeners. I would like to find an app that will allow me to download Ustreamed archived videos to my iPhone. The question was posted for YouTube a while back with great response. Hopefully someone has a response for Ustreamed archive videos. Thanks, Nick. Well, if someone does, please give us a call because I don't have any clues on this one. 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios and please, or todayinios at gmail.com, and please help Nick out. Hi, Rob. Do you or listeners know of a jailbreak tweak or app that tricks the iPhone app into thinking it's running the iPad version of that app? I have an unlimited plan on my AT&T, iPhone 5, and some apps like a WatchSpan app or a CNBC Sports Live Extra offer more content on an iPad than they do on the iPhone. Regards, Brian in Leavenworth, Kansas. Brian, I'm not even sure if that's even going to be possible if you trick an iPad app on an iPhone or an app on an iPhone thinking it's on an iPad. I think it's going to go to the graphics and it's going to be impossible to navigate, but I don't know. Maybe there is a jailbreak app out there. Hey, Chris in London, you would probably know. Any suggestions, Chris? Uh, anyone else have any suggestions of a jailbreak app? Give us a call or send us an email. You know the number. You know the email address. A couple of big pieces of news with regards to the TII app. One, the TII app has been completely redesigned. The UI is more iOS 8-ish. And it offers, and iOS 7-ish for that matter, and it offers some great new features. To start with the episode list, there is now options to pick just 
audio episodes or just text episodes, which are blog posts, or video episodes, which there really aren't any videos, or PDF episodes. Additionally, uh, the play screen has been completely redone, making it really easy to get the extras for that episode and to the show notes. No hunting for that little E anymore. And the show notes are now interactive with links to the items talked about. In the upper right of the episode screen is a person's head. That's the contact us icon. Tap that and you can either email the show or call the show or follow on Twitter. Or if you have issues, hit the troubleshooting icon. Uh, from the main episode play screen, if you hit the play button and then turn your iPhone on its side, it will go into car mode. The first time you do this, it will ask for access to your location data. The reason that this question's coming up is no, we're not trying to track where you are, but it will automatically switch between day and night mode based on where you're living and the time of day and if that's daytime or nighttime. So it has an auto switch from day mode to night mode. So that's why it's asking for location data. I wasn't sure on that either. I had to ask. Car mode gives you some nice big buttons to, you know, make it easier to use when you're in the car. In the episode list, there is a thumbnail image for each of the episode's artwork for that episode, which I think looks pretty good. The download button is, wait for it, labeled as download. I know, unheard of. The little star confused so many people. When you view a blog post, it marks it as viewed, and there is now an indicator on what percentage of each episode you have listened to. In the upper right of each post, in the episode mode, there is either a microphone for an audio episode, a T and a text and a document that means it's a blog post, or a PDF that means it's a PDF file, or a play button in a film slide to indicate that it's a video episode. If you go into the options, that is from the episode list and the button that's in the upper left, one option is inbox, and this shows you all the past push notifications. If you are someone that likes to consume two or more episodes at a time and in the order they were released, which is how I usually listen to podcasts, then you will want to go to the settings and then turn off play top to bottom, which will then mean it plays bottom to top. I hope you like the new update and your feedback is greatly appreciated. I did not even go over the iPad mode, which there's other features there. But there is one other big announcement with regards to TI app, and that is the price, as in free. Yep. If you held off buying the TI app, well, your lucky day has come. The app is now priced for you. For those that did buy the TI app, thank you for your past support. So search for TII in the iTunes App Store to get the new and improved and free TI app if for no other reason you can get push notifications when new episodes are released. So definitely make sure you get the TI app and download it and allow it to send you push notifications. It really is the best way to consume the show and uh, it's also the best way to find out when new episodes go live. Actually, if you've never had purchased the TI app, it would also be greatly appreciated if you go in and download it now for your iOS device, even if you're not going to use it, uh, just to help out in the iTunes rankings. Then please launch it once you download it just to check it out, and then you will get set up for push notices. So going forward, you will know exactly when the new episodes come out. Did I mention that? Oh, and a warning. If you don't want to get a push notification at 3 a.m. Central Time and wake you up, uh, you may want to turn the volume part off on the push notices because uh, 3 a.m. is usually the normal time that these episodes go live. Today, a little earlier. 
Hi, Rob. My name is Barry. I'm calling you from the state of Washington about my iPhone 5 battery replacement. I had seen on different RSS feeds that Apple was calling the iPhone 5 battery, and my battery life has been horrible. So I checked my serial number, and it was eligible. I then went on on 826 onto the Apple App Store app and made a genius appointment. On August the 29th, I got a call from my Apple Store asking me if my appointment was regarding my battery. I said yes. They tried to run a diagnostic over the air, and uh, it didn't work, so they just ordered my battery part for me. And then on Saturday, August the 30th, I got two calls from the Apple store telling me that my battery was in. And the second call, the guy was befuddled that he had already called me in the day and he just said things were just out of control about how many batteries were going bad. I had my appointment on September the 3rd. I had made it for 10 a.m. I walked into the store at 10 a.m., had it in my phone, they told me to call them back in about a half hour, so I just wasted some time walking around the mall. I came back in a half hour, checked in. They told me to go stand over by the Genius Bar. About two minutes later, a lady came out and handed me my phone, and I had a new battery replaced. The only thing that I kind of complain about is I don't notice that much difference in the battery I have now. It just seems to drain pretty quick. I will say that I drained my battery totally overnight and am recharging it again just to see what will happen. That's my report. Have a great day. Thanks for the great show. Hi, Rob. This is Tammy again from St. Louis. Um, I don't mean to sound like a buzzkill, but um, what's with the camera on the iPhone 6? I mean, really? Um, no upgrade at all. Still the 8 megapixels. I was really hoping for a little bit more. They're kind of falling behind in this regard. Um, I don't know. I was just hoping for a little bit more in that respect. So, just pass along my feedback. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. Thanks all for your feedback there. And I also want to thank everybody in our Google Plus community, uh, over 1,200 members and growing. Thanks for everyone that's joined and all the great posts. Uh, normally I give an example post, but this week I'm just going to say thanks for all the posts that were going on today during the event and people were sharing their frustrations and asking questions. So I thought it was really good use of the community. Uh, so, folks, if you want to go ahead and check it out, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. Again, todayinios.com slash community to join in. You do need to be a member of Google+. And thanks to the 1,200-plus of you that are already in the community and contributing. Thanks again to Harry's for sponsoring this episode. Please go to harrys.com now and save $5 off when you enter the code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter the coupon code T-I-I at checkout to save $5. Start shaving better today or, again, well, at least as soon as it's delivered to your doorstep. And before we go, I want to remind you to send your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it could be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And finally, there is the new and updated TI app that is now free to you. 
Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and the best way to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released and when there's breaking news, like today, during the event. Please go right now and download the TII app. Yes, you. Right now. No, not a few minutes from now. Right now, as you listen to the outro music. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.